Well, I guess if there was any hope for us winning a summer league title based on what we saw tonight against the Utah Jazz, I don't know if it's going to happen for the Phoenix Suns. I just, Matthew, I'm I'm beat up a little (laughs) bit inside. (laughs) You had me going like I was watching a movie or something, man. How emotional. Uh, Yeah, terrible. Take a lap, right? Yeah, take (laughs) take a lap. Take a lap. Especially that first half. Like, what the hell? I think I was uh, more focused on other things, kind of. I I was watching the game, but come on. Yes. What do you want well, me I mean, to do, John, with this? <laughs> this this is summer league, and summer league means you're doing other things other than truly watching the basketball game. If you're on Twitter, you're vacuuming, you're taking the dogs for a walk and coming back and being like, "Oh, it's the end of the third quarter." Suns have 39 points. Now, granted, I get it's 10 minute quarters in summer league, but 39 points after three quarters. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's bad. But plus, when you have a birthday yesterday and you're 20 years old, you're in Vegas. I mean, birthday or not, you're in Vegas. Back-to-back games, it's not going to be a good game the next game. So I kind of expected it, man. And uh, yeah, like Iverson Bloggs is saying, I'm ready for Thad Young. (laughs) Bring on on Thaddy Young, man. We need something. So um, obviously, you know, we're the Suns Jam Session Podcast. And we're here to break down Summer League basketball for you. Even if it is a steaming pile of turd, uh, maybe some turd nuggets, and you don't even get ranch. You ever do that? You ever go through the drive-thru and you get something like chicken nuggets or egg rolls, and they just don't give you the side sauce? Like, that's how this feels right now. Like, we don't even get a side sauce. There's not too much positive to talk about in this game. But you know what? We're we're still going to talk about it, aren't we, Matthew? Yeah, and honestly, the sauce thing they just don't give enough sauce anywhere you go. So it doesn't even matter. It's like, Hey, can I get even like Taco Bell? Like they give yes. you barely any packets. What is the deal with that? So anyway, that's a no, it's subject. funny though. Like they'll, they'll sit there and they'll be like, how many packets do you want? I don't just know. A up. handful. Yeah. Like Throw seriously, if Taco Bell or any fast food joint is being murdered by the single serving packets of hot sauce and or ranch and or sweet and sour sauce, if they're being murdered by that financially, maybe they shouldn't be in the fast food business. Seriously. <laughs> no, you're right. I don't know. It started happening like 10 years ago before. You're, yep. Like it's just, it's two sauces per whatever you're having. So if, if that, garbage. if that, if they'll that, give you, well, they'll, they'll yeah. give you one sauce of ranch one and sauce. you'll get something. You're like, hold on. Like, come on. Like I'm a, I'm a grown man. I order chicken nuggies. Yeah. I want some ranch with it. Like, give me two packets. <laughs> I'm a grown man. I ordered chicken nuggies. Yeah, yeah. I ordered chicken nuggies. I got the Happy Meal because I want the toy too. Because I want to play. Like, I'm a grown man, but I like to play, and that's just the way that it goes. So, sorry, Jamsters, but this is summer league basketball. These are summer league podcasts. But you know what? We appreciate you, the Jamster, whether you're listening along or you're watching along live with us. If you happen to be watching along live. Go ahead, subscribe, hit that thumbs up button, hit that notification button that lets you know whenever we are live. And you can become an elite jamster simply by clicking the join button, following the link in the description. If you're listening, please leave a five-star review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, anywhere else, just subscribe, rate, and review while you're here. We truly appreciate it. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. And you can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lissy. And you can follow us through Taco Bell drive throughs complaining about our sauces. So uh, on that note, again, I'm just drinking water. There's no gonna, not going to be a beer crack tonight. We both got our son's cups full of water. hydrating water because it's summer in Arizona. And 
it's a Tuesday and you know what? I'm just trying to cut back a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. new, new job, new me. It's one of those things. So there you go. Good you know, on, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we'll go ahead and kick this off and we'll talk about the summer league loss to the Utah Jazz. Yes, yes, yes. It seems that if uh, if the Suns beat you in the playoffs last year, like the Lakers or the Jazz, damn it, Matthew, they're getting their revenge here in the Summer League. We are now 0-2 against teams that we played in the playoffs last year in the Summer League. But you know what? That's I don't not think the that's first... right, dude. That's the Denver Nuggets. Are you in the Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I always get yeah. the Jazz and the Nuggets mixed yeah, up. Yeah, I know Total... everyone does, dude. But those, those you can just say ma- the same thing. Those <laughs> damn mountainous teams. Nobody knows the difference. But that's not the first question I have for you, Matthew. The first question. Matthew, I got to ask. I got to ask you, Matthew, and you know what, Jamsters, if you're watching along live, this is a good opportunity for you to ask questions in the chat, too, for us to answer at the beginning of this podcast. But are those Summer League purple jerseys better than our regular purple jerseys? Yeah, honestly. You knew I was going to go there, right? I kind of did, but it's the first thing I noticed this game is how they kind of pop. They look kind of good. You know, maybe tweak them a little bit to make them look more professional, but they look good, man, just purple on purple. But the color, is it just my TV or something like the color? looks like a more vibrant purple. I know mm-hmm. it's probably the same kind of purple, but it just looks like it pops more. And you're, you're totally right, man. The ones we have now for, for some reason, the Suns will not wear them, especially in the playoffs. They would <laughs> yeah. absolutely not wear the purple. I guess they just don't like it. So refresh it. And just really quick, I know they're bringing back the Valley jerseys, but I would like to see something else, you know, something else this year. I mean, I, people get bored quickly. And I mm-hmm. think that a new Jersey or something like a purple, a nice purple would be nice. I agree, and I think this is a good opportunity to talk about the Jersey conversation going into next year because uh, we're going to be talking about the Summer League game, and I don't know how much how long we can talk about that hot bag of garbage that we watched. Uh, <laughs> but a couple things here. One, one of the reasons that I like the jerseys that they wore tonight is the way the Phoenix font looked. It's the way that I've always thought it should look on our current purple jerseys. If you recall from memory, because you have to go way back into the crevasses of your memory to remember when we last wore the purple jerseys, but the Suns have that shadowed text on Phoenix. And you've heard me say this before. They've got kind of the gray shadowed text versus just it being white. And mm-hmm. the summer league jerseys tonight, it says Phoenix in just white and against the purple that pops more. Yes. And I think when you have kind of that in the, in the Suns jersey itself, the white one does the same thing where it says Suns. There's a little there's some darker orange uh, uh, areas that, again, they're attempting to try to make it look a little 3D, just kind of uh, they're getting a little yeah. too, uh, too smart for themselves. You know, the best logos are plain logos. Look at the New York Yankees logo. There's no like depth perception. It's an N and a Y. You know, the Dodgers, that L.A. It's it. Those are the iconic. Uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys, just a, it's just a star. It's When you keep it simple, stupid, from a design standpoint, good things happen. You know me. I have a passion for graphic design, so I always notice these little things. So, of course, the first thing I saw was those jerseys tonight. And to your point, yes, uh, it was uh, in a story that I actually reported on Bright Side of the Sun a couple, maybe last week, maybe a couple weeks ago. The Phoenix Suns going into the next season in which a lot of teams are going to have origin 
uh, jerseys because the 75th anniversary, the Suns are and the Jazz are the two teams that are not going to go down that route. They're going to stick with their city edition jersey. So we will have another uh, season of the Valley jerseys, which is fantastic. But to your point, like there, there's no good, there's not going to be any earned jerseys this year. That's the jersey that every team gets for earning a playoff spot. So the Suns finally get there and they're not going to have that earned jersey. So we're pretty much going to have the same exact jersey setup as we had this previous season, which again is fine. But to your point, we all want something new, don't we? Yeah, but what? So we don't. Why do we not get the earned jerseys? Because, because they're not the doing origin? them next year because, because of the seventy fifth anniversary. That's the reason. Okay, I didn't know yes. that. I thought they would release those too. Um, you know, it's disappointing. I love the Valley jerseys, but these are the first jerseys where it's like, whoa, you know, we have to buy. I mean, everyone was lining out the doors. They sold out. They don't even have them in stock, right? Still to really buy them, the ones that you actually yeah. want the right sizes. That's why they want to bring them back because they didn't. I guess they didn't get so, <laughs> but still, it's it's awesome. I love it. The court looks good um i think everything matches well but i just the orange jerseys that they had to wear last year in the playoffs it it doesn't look good i don't like them i i don't like those i don't like the white ones they don't match a title contending team they just don't yeah. the what the milwaukee bucks have all like they have a great uniform set yeah, they have a great uniform um, set. you know denver nuggets even them too like i just think that they're just more sophisticated look the Suns white ones, like you said, the way it's 3D is just so dumb. It's simpler the better. And you brought up the Dallas Cowboys. They do have kind of like the edge on it with the white, but they're old. It was just a blue star. That's like my it's favorite. Simple blue the star, blue yeah. star on the white helmet was perfect. Just keep it simple. Stupid. Stupid. And that's, you know, again, I don't know why we went down this avenue of, oh, it's because it was my first question for you. Um, but again, yeah, you know, I, I just, I think that, that's something that I saw tonight. I saw those purple jerseys with the orange number and the white Phoenix on it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that that looks nice. That looks nice. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think we'll actually kick off this pod. It took us a little bit last time, but, you know, everybody wants to talk about sticks. So let's talk mm-hmm. about it. The Sticks Summer League Report. So Jalen Smith is obviously the focus of everybody's attention in this summer league. We want to see if he develops into the player that we believe that he could be. And the, and truthfully, the, the player that this team needs, they need to have that athletic big, especially with Dario Saric out going into this upcoming season. So you want to see progress from him, knowing that the result isn't always uh, what you, what you want to say, like, If he misses a layup, like, I'm not going to lose my shit. It's how he got to the point in which that layup occurred that I'm focused on right now. Okay? Mm Because those are the little things that you can clean up. But you can't clean up how he got there necessarily. So, you know, I'll let you kind of kick this off. What are your observations on Jalen Smith this evening? Oh, it's it's tough. I mean, this this game, I mean, no one really played well. So I'm, I'm not really basing any of this off the game. I mean, on defense, he looked a little slow. But we know that laterally he can't really move. Um, but I mean, he did have that steal at the end. It was pretty nice, but he can't really handle the ball. The one time he tried to make a move and go to the rim, take the defender off of it, he lost the ball. So those are things that need time. But what the Suns need is someone that can come in, that can come in and actually just perform in a way to where they're confident in those situations to where, you know, they can get to the rim. They can draw a foul in those situations. They're not going to fumble the ball through me because they haven't had the practice. And that's the thing that sucks is sticks might turn into something pretty good. But right now, it just doesn't look like I know it's summer league and it doesn't matter. But I just think that right now when James Jones is sitting over there with, I believe, might be his wife and they're looking at the phone, it might be offers from other teams like, hey, 
this is what we can give you for sticks and something. And it sucks to say, but I just think that's that's where the Suns are heading. And it's nothing bad about sticks. It's just the Suns just need that proven guy behind them. You know, it kind of reminds me like before the trade deadline when we talked about when I talked about DeAndre Ayton when he was struggling, and I was just like, could we just have someone at the center position? that knows what to do, knows how to rebound, knows where to be on offense, and just, you know, is used to that position. And, I mean, of course, Aiden proved me wrong. He automatically turned the switch on. He was the fantastic, turned into a superstar in the playoffs. But that's what we need to back up DeAndre Aiden and the four spot is some guy that's just really confident in his game and just come in and put in some good minutes. Sticks is just still, he's kind of out there. And it's going to be difficult to really watch him next year to see him really make an impact quickly. And that would suck because then he'll just lose minutes again and be on the bench and not even play next year. Well, and that's the challenge as we look at Jalen Smith is we know that it takes big men typically a, a little bit longer to get accustomed to the league and to develop properly. I mean, look at DeAndre Ayton. His first year, he was lost on defense. And the second year, he started to get you know some of that understanding and by the third year he had that under you know the the identity of being like listen i will be the rim protector i will be your anchor on defense as my offensive role decreases you know knowing that jalen smith isn't somebody who we want to be a starter but somebody who provides quality minutes for the phoenix suns you take a look at his game and you're just looking for those flashes of greatness you know i'm i don't expect him to put it all together and if you're going to sit here and you know again I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll mention what Zona Sports said on Twitter. You know, it's like the only time anything in summer league is going to matter is when it fits your narrative. You know, which is kind of a a backhanded way of saying like it's it, it, it none of it truly matters. All we're looking for is some semblance of progress and him picking up the game. And I think you know the most important thing that I've noticed with Jalen Smith is he is the most athletic guy out there. You know, now to your point, he's not the best ball handler. He's not in the right spots a lot of time. The Suns, I feel, aren't utilizing him properly to put him in the uh, area to be successful, uh, especially last game. But I do think that some of those adjustments were made. You know, his first game, he had 15 points, 12 rebounds. In this game, he had 12 points, 15 rebounds. You know, and I don't care if he was one for nine in the first half because I care about how he got those shots. And, I, you know, I was writing down, Every one of his shots. So his first shot was a right block post up. He turned right, uh, got fouled, and you know made that missed the free throw, but got to the free throw line with his physicality. His second shot was a post up in the paint. He faded away, uh, on, you know, going left and missed that shot. But again, two consistent possessions at the beginning of the game where they're posting him up. I'm like, okay, now we get an opportunity. Like we were talking on the podcast last night, Matthew, about seeing him down on the block. And then you see him grabbing a rebound under the basket off a teammate that was blocked. He put up an awkward layup and missed it, but it was a great hustle play mm -hmm. that he was down in there again, in the paint, in the paint, in the paint. He had a, tw a turnaround 19-footer that he missed, but the shot clock was winding down. He had a rebound put back that he missed. And then he kind of, you know, the back end of the first half, you could see he was a little bit tired. You could see that he was a little bit winded. You see him when he's on the free throw uh, blocks while the opposition was shooting free throws. His hands were on his knees a bunch. And then he had a three from the left wing miss, a three from the right wing miss. And then he opened up the second half with a three from the right wing that he made. He had a transition make. He had a rebound to an aggressive dunk make. He had a shot block that on a jam that was missed. And then he had that uh, fast break steal that he fumbled the ball. So it was a layup at the end. And that was a make. So mm -hmm. again, looking at where he was taking his shots and how 
he was taking his or, or, or getting himself in those positions is what I was looking at. And, and I have, you know, constructive criticism for him as well that I'll talk about here momentarily. But offensively, I saw more, more, much, much more paint presence and many more high screens from Jalen Smith tonight than I saw last night. So, again, that's a that's that's moving in the right direction, in my opinion. It is. And honestly, he had a little bit of a toughness thing in, in him tonight. You know, maybe it's because like his dudes won't. I think campaign was there and Cameron Johnson were still on the sideline, but he had like this toughness where he would do, do the stare down thing a few times. <laughs> that was pretty fun to watch. You know, it's not really a lot because when these guys are sitting on the bench, like you don't really see that personality on the floor, of course. And so when it's out there, you don't know what to expect and how they respond to certain situations. So and tonight, it just seemed like in the first half, it was like kind of just tired from the minutes. Legs might be tired from the night before. I know yep. he's so young, but this is like real minutes he's actually getting for the first time. So the way he responds to that in the second half, he did come out and he played strong, dude. And mm-hmm. he, he, it's not like he was terrible. And when I'm not saying that at all, I thought he did pretty decent, not as good as last night, but it's just to the point to where, you know, you're looking at him and how much coaching does it take to get him to the point to where we need him to be that guy for us. And we we still need that backup wing, backup big. And we just it's a question of whether or not he can be that guy. And he he might not be, but uh what were you saying? Constructive constructive, constructive criticism. criticism. Where are you going with that? What what, what were so you saying, here dude? here's what here's what I noticed where he has areas of opportunity. Uh, you know, first, and this is the big one for me is he is a hands down defender when he's on defense, he's, his hands are down at his hips mm-hmm. and he's got those big, long arms. And I noticed, you know, there's a few times where the, he was switched onto the guards and use that wingspan guy, get the hands up, you know, every now and then, you know, if he's doing a shot contest, he would put the, put the hand up, you know, but for the most part, he's not playing with his hands out. He's playing with them down. Uh, you don't have to be up the whole time because that's you know creates opportunities for guys driving by you. But make yourself into that you know seven foot, almost eight foot wingspan. Make yourself that wall, and he plays with his hands down. So that's one thing that I noticed. Again, you know, I think that his you know, and, and Orange Dip says it in the chat as well, and I think this is a valid point as well. He loses his man on defense many times. He's not even playing good D. These are the reasons why he didn't get any playing minutes. Uh, after Dario Sarge went down to the finals or for the yeah. most of the season last year. And I talked about this all the time last year, as much as people love sticks and they you know, they thought that he had good offensive capabilities. The backbone of the Phoenix Suns last season was the fact that they actually played defense. You can't bring a guy in who has no idea what he's doing on defense and, and continue that mantra and continue that culture. You need to develop his defense. And I think that that's one thing I was really clued in t- on today, as I was yesterday, and I mentioned on the pod yesterday, was how is he playing his defense? And I noticed it a lot more today. He was, uh, you know, he was playing less of the uh, off the ball, you know, playing the guy in the wing. So he had to stand there. He was getting involved, mm-hmm. hands down defender. And then the other thing is, he, you know, I did see him playing a little bit of uh, the five on uh, Azabukwe. I'm sure I said that wrong. Um, and I just noticed that, you know, playing the five, obviously he's got that big upper body. He's got no lower body. He gets moved off his spots very quick, very easily, much akin to how Deandre Ayton was moved off his spots a lot early on. and still gets from time to time. Um, but one, one thing that's interesting is Azabukwe is, I don't know if you knew this. He's the only other player in last year's draft first round draft pick who played less minutes, scored less points, had less rebounds than Jalen Smith. Jalen oh, Smith oh, really? was number two in fewest okay. minutes play, 
few yeah. fewest minutes or fewest points scored, fewest rebounds, fewest assists, everything across the board. The only guy who had less was Azabukwe. And it makes sense. You look at last season, both the Jazz and the Suns were fighting for that number one seed, and they're not going to throw rookies out there in an effort to develop. Yeah. They didn't have that opportunity. There wasn't spats of time where, you know, players like uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm blanking on a lot of guys in that mid to late first round, non-lottery picks last season. Uh, a lot of those guys still got playing time, you know, because you hear that all the time. That's the narrative, right? Well, well you Sadiq know, like, Bay. <laughs> yeah, Sadiq Bay is a great example. Though. Yeah. You know, but well, no, because he was he was. No, yeah, he was a, a non. Wasn't he hired? Pick. Yeah. Yeah. Because but Detroit's a shitty team. So they had two picks. You know, they went with Killian mm-hmm. Hayes. They went with Sadiq Bay. But you look at like uh, whoever the Lakers drafted last year or the. Uh, blanking on it, the jet or the, the Denver Nuggets. Whoever these guys drafted, you know, you hear that narrative with sticks. Well, it's like, well, he's not going to get a lot of playing time because they're so good. It's like, I get that. But there's a lot of other guys who were drafted who played for good teams who got minutes. And it's because mm-hmm. he's a def- defensive liability. So we need to really take a, uh, take a look at how he's defending. And that's one thing he really needs to put that effort on because he is a good offensive player. It's not great, but he can score on three levels. He can score threes. I prefer he doesn't. He can shoot dr- jumpers. And he's really, you know, he can be lethal inside the paint. It's just like DeAndre Ayton. When DeAndre Ayton accepted, like, hey, I can score over here. That's not what my team needs. My team needs to me to be a solid defender, and I have the length and the, the physical skills necessary to do so. That's when everything's going to really start clicking for sticks, and that's where we'll see him get some playing time. I think I totally agree. And I, it's like, you know, the New York Jets do this, I think, almost every year, where it's like they have a quarterback out there. <laughs> I'm doing too good. Hey, throw someone else out there. Throw the backup out there. You know, that was the way it was in the playoffs last year or in the finals. Or not because uh Sarge got hurt, but when we were just looking for that big guy, it's like take Sarge out, put sticks in, see what he can do. But you can see what he can do. And it's always like you just gotta trust the coaching staff. We do this every time, even with Javon Carter and the guards that weren't playing, and we would lose a game. It's like, why aren't these guys getting minutes when they can come in and do this and that, this and that? Of course, the coaches know exactly what to do and who to play in certain situations and whether or not you can throw Jalen Smith out there. And obviously, you're watching tonight, like you said, getting moved off the block. Aiden does do that because he's playing against gigantic monsters. Yes. All of a sudden, the NBA has all these centers that are just freaking... <laughs> they're they're just distra- disastrous, disastrous against him. And they're just blowing him up off the block a lot of the times. And that's yep. that's that's going to make sense until he is used to that situation. So if you want to throw Jalen Smith out there, you're going to get that on defense. And like when you were talking about his arms, getting them out... You know, it would be nice, but I think just that, even with his arms out or the guy moving past him, it's an easier way for the guy, if they're smart, to draw the foul. And I think he's just so slow to react Mm -hmm. to these guys on the move, in the paint, like wherever they're at, wherever he's guarding them. If those guys make any kind of move, he just cannot get there in time to really put his body against them and just create kind of a wall. He's just already blown. He's going to, those guys blow by him. So you see what the results are uh, tonight on defense. And that's just the one thing, the one reason why we didn't see him last year. So it just goes to show, you know, trust the coaches a little bit. Yeah, it, exactly. And, you know, we're not the GMs and you know, just cause the guy can dunk really nice. Doesn't mean necessarily he's a great NBA player. You know, and at the same time, when I see guys who don't put their hands out, that also tells me, you know, it's either they're super tired, which, again, you mentioned, you know, he's he's 21 years old. He's in Las Vegas. He's playing back to back nights. You know, he's been putting in a lot of effort on the practice floor as well. So there might be a reason for that. 
or it's just, you know, you're not a good defender or you're lazy, you're a lazy defender. So again, these are things that as we move forward in summer league and we move forward in uh, preseason, these are the things to watch for with Jalen Smith. We know he can score. We know he can dunk. Uh, it's nice to see that the Suns were utilizing him more down on the low post earlier in the game. You know, again, he started drifting. He started drifting, you know, out to the uh, to the three point line. But yeah. in the beginning of the game, they were getting him on the block and he was trying some moves out. And, we, you know, again, he's not necessarily making those shots. And I'm OK if he doesn't make those shots. This is summer league. I don't give a shit. I, I care about the move you put on, the effort you put forth, in, you know, to get to that spot. And then based on that, that's where you can develop your game. Because, you you know, if you can do a right spin move and you have a look at the, the rim and you just you miss it, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get more confidence in that spin move. And you're going to perfect that move and you're going to get that down and it will go in for you. You know, again, this is mm-hmm. summer league. He's in his second year. But when I see those things on defense, it's not necessarily something that I'm optimistic about. You know, and it's sad because as you're watching the game and you're seeing, you know, uh, uh, people are on Twitter and, and, you know, they're up. They need to trade him. They need to trade him. Like, he needs to put some more film out there so they can trade him. And I don't know if that's necessarily the other, an- the right answer. You know, a couple things I will give again to Jalen Smith that were positives. Uh, driving and kicking. I thought that was very cerebral of him to do. He wasn't forcing the issue. He would drive on a couple instances where he drove into the center of the paint. And, you know, he kind of was getting ready to go up on a shot. And there was, there was shot deterrence there. And he would kick it out. Uh, you know, he still had quality lateral movement and shot deterrence when he was taking on the guards. Uh, there's that one play where they kept talking about it uh, where they're like, oh, what a great block by Jalen Smith. And it wasn't Jalen Smith. It was like the Hankins. It was dude, a like, Bender. Yeah. 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 It was Bender 2.0. What a bad showing by him tonight. Our new and improved Bender was just not, I feel like he was out trying to hang last night. He came in, he looked like he was about to throw up, especially waiting for these games to start too. I know it's a seven o'clock start, but it must be yeah. so weird to be in the locker room to wait for the game to finish. Like, you know, when you're younger and you play those games, I mean, when I was like, I don't know, what, fifth grade, how he used to play and you just wait for the game to be finished. He come in. It's just, it's annoying to wait for it to be done. So maybe that's something too to look at. I don't know. Maybe, but I, I doubt <laughs> I it with doubt these it. guys. You know, they're all AAU kids. They've been doing it their entire life, you know? Yeah, uh, that's but- true. But to your point, you know, Hankins was looking nice until he bendered an alley-oop. I mean, he had a wide-open alley-oop as one of the best passes of the game, and he just went it. up, and, and, and he couldn't even get hops enough to dunk it. So the guy Is that who a Sarge were, thing? Is that... It, it, it was, but I called it Bender, because Bender just, you know, by the time Bender <laughs> left the Suns, he was so confused as to what he uh, is. I feel bad. And, and I do, too. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I think that Dragon Bender is one of the, the, the horrible stories from the era from the Phoenix, you know, the Ryan McDonough era and not having consistent coaching. Cause I feel if, if that guy had the consistent coach, he could have developed into a solid NBA player for this team. You know, that being said, he's gone on other places, hasn't done anything, but I really think that he had an opportunity to be something special. And the son's coaching got so far into his head. He didn't know what the fuck he was anymore. He's like, am I a three point shooter? Am I somebody who has to live inside? You know, even though I'm, I'm I get that I'm seven feet, but I don't have the girth to hold my own down there. Can mm-hmm. I be finesse? And by the end of his career, like he couldn't do anything for the Suns. No, I mean, that just shows how the organization was before, right? F these guys up and you're out the door. So yes. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> they, they had no chance, honestly. I mean, no. not to give like any kind of like advice to Josh Jackson or anything like, you know, to like 
go the other way to make the right decisions. But I mean, he, I don't think I, he was hopeless here. Those guys were just hopeless. Yeah. They just had no chance for success because the, mm-hmm. the organization was in such shambles. You know, that's why we talk about son's culture and how important that is. That's the exact reason why, mm-hmm. because without it, you see what it does to young players, nine to 18, 19 year old players, men learning how to become men. And you're in a culture like that. It's just not indicative of success, nor do they have the capacity to teach these young men how to properly navigate, not the basketball court, but what happens outside of there as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a a few other observations, funny, funny uh, questions I have for you. Um, How awkward would it be if let's say you had front row seats at summer league and you go down there and like campaign is like, like, like it's campaign your seat. And then Cameron Johnson, and you're the seat you'd like mm. right in between. Cause I don't know if you, I mean, did you see they were sitting courtside tonight? Yeah. Uh, which another question, like how good was campaign's birthday party last night? If he was at summer league games tonight. Oh, what do you mean? Like you think they're still going? You think no, I think, no, I think like it, it couldn't have been that good of a birthday because oh, he wasn't fine. left on the roof of Caesar's palace. Like the hangover, like he showed him and both, both him Dude. and Cam Johnson were present on courtside. Like, yeah. Dude, you didn't have a good enough birthday you, party campaign. You need to be you, hung, too hungover to show up, bro. <laughs> I'm sure someone brought the Adderall to Vegas, honestly. I mean, if you're looking at Cam Johnson sitting there like like this, yeah, he's a little bit – he's fine on something. Because, you know, if if they're drinking and maybe they get a couple hours of sleep because it doesn't matter to them. It's all fun, right? It's all basketball. They don't have anything to do, so they're yeah. going to sit there and watch the game. So well, I feel like they just have to like go in really good they shape. Just, they're professional athletes. Yeah, they can't just leave them, like, go watch one game and leave them for, like, the next game. You know, some of them showed up, so it was nice. So, you know, you got you to gotta party the night before, maybe sleep a little bit at the pool the next day, and then pop that Adderall. There you are. You're right there at the game. Take a big poop, and you're you're ready to go. <laughs> you're good to go. <laughs> one one bowel movement, you're good to go. <laughs> That's me but in again, Vegas, I guess. So, I so how... <laughs> awkward would it be though yeah that's what you get for well, waking up in vegas how awkward would it be if that was your seat though it's like right in between oh, the two man. camps you're like um excuse me guys but i'm seat number seven yeah well first i would just give them the seat because you're asking me too someone that's kind of a little bit awkward at times can be socially so it's going to be awkward but i would just hand them our business card be like hey son's jam session you ever watch you want to be on the pod <laughs> we do a quick interview that's what i would ask them but what would you do though i mean it would be kind of weird but i, I would know i would right i away. would do the same thing i will one i'd be like oh hey what up guys oh that's my seat right there no worries i'll go sit in the last row i don't care like yeah, <laughs> yeah. but i would i would yeah. definitely say something and just say what's up you know hey how's it going guys you know that would be cool oh really quick could i ask you oh, a question please so these, these fire away these shorts, these players that are wearing, they're so little. Like, I don't, do you think they're going to move to jock straps next year or some some season in the future to where they're just coming out with not even the jock straps? They wear like just those under the the, the compression, compression shorts. shorts. You think they're just going to be wearing that someday? Because they, may, they, maybe eventually they're wearing nothing out there. They're, they're showing the 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 booty, the <laughs> everything. You can see all the. Business, Isn't it funny dude? how like in the eight, you know 70s and 80s it was really short and yeah. then the fab five changed it to where it was really long and then like jordan i think got it right jordan had it just above the knee yeah and then like in the 2000s it went really long again and then yeah we've had this whole renaissance going back to like booty shorts out there uh i think That's you know they like, they'll always shorts. have the, the compression shorts will always be underneath but they'll always have mm-hmm. the little ones. They'll, they'll never go full compression and i think the only reason for that know. is like for fouling reasons like Sometimes you'll get a foul called if, if your jersey moves, you know, or if your shorts yeah. move. So there's no move with those compressions. And I don't think they don't want, you know, they don't want to be showing the whole, 
you know, the whole crowd, they're, they're pork and beans. Mm, that's going to happen one of these days. <laughs> I saw plenty of that during the Olympics, like the sprinters. You're like, whoa. Come on, guys. Like, where's <laughs> something underneath? I'm you're, watching this with my wife. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, it's like, come on, dude. All right. And then, honestly, there was – do you remember there was a draft workout, I think, four or five years ago. Some guy was running, and he was doing the 40-yard the, the 40, uh, the 40 dash. Uh-huh. And he, I remember this. He came right out of his crap. Out, yeah. He dove on the ground. Yeah, he just went down. He's like – wang down <laughs> yeah that was awesome like it was that was pretty fucking funny dude so anyways <laughs> yeah. oh man no i completely understand where you're coming from from there uh other questions i have for this game <laughs> there's not very many again this is bad basketball you know the suns scored 57 yeah. total points 19 for 79 24 from the field and it was worse than that you know again they were down to like 19 percent after three quarters it was just mm-hmm. it was pitiful um, I think Dave King tweeted out something like they're going to have to repaint the rims after this game because both teams were ser- shooting so shitty. The The Jazz won on shooting 35.7% from the field. Uh, but I wanted to ask about this. You know, this is the second game consecutively where Tyshawn Alexander wasn't starting again. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't like I told you last pod. I don't think it matters too much. I mean, he still got minutes. I thought he looked pretty decent tonight, but he just great. as tired as everybody else. Like he, I know, but looked, like he's looked pretty good. Like it, it's been. He seems comfortable on the floor, right? Like he seems yes. like he he knows what he's doing. He looks more like just like the leader out there. Like he he has that attitude where it's like I should just I'm in the league. I, I need to be like I need to actually earn some minutes and I need to get some minutes next year. That's the way he kind of acts out there. So I'm not saying it was anything fantastic. I just think that the the whole team was just super tired and weird. But he he was pretty solid tonight. So here's kind of some reasons that I came up as to why Tyshawn isn't starting. Uh, one, maybe he's prepping for his normal role. Maybe the Suns are like, listen, have him come off the bench because that's if and when he does get any playing time this season, that's how he's going to do it. Uh, Maybe it's a better chance to see double zero, double E, Jalen Smith. You know, again, this is a guy who comes over from Germany. He's the MVP in their highest league of basketball over there. So maybe they want a better opportunity to see what he does. Um, But here's the other thing, I think. And, you know, again, top score for the Suns was uh, Tyshawn Alexander. Five for 13, had 16 points. Uh, he just he has a smooth, quick shot, and I really like his game. Um, but I think that maybe the Suns aren't featuring him too much because if you do, another team is going to offer him more than a two-way contract. And I think there mm. might be some validity to that, and which is kind of bullshit just because like you want to, everyone to be as successful as possible. And if they if he has a good summer league, and like the Knicks are like, yeah, we'll bring you on, and we, you know we'll bring you on under a, a two and a half million dollar. Uh, deal. Yeah, he's going to take that instead of getting like 400000 from the Suns on a two-way. So I think that might have something to do with it. And even if that's the case, he's outplaying that expectation because he's he's really he really looks good. And I, I'm proud of Tyshawn. And, it, you know, it's unfortunate that he is as far down on the depth chart as he is, especially because it is was confirmed today that Alfred Payton will once again be a Phoenix Sun. But if that's yeah. the case, so be it. Yeah, but plus Tyshawn could be like the third. I mean, the, the guy the guy behind the guy behind Devin Booker, you know, the guy I mean? behind the guy behind he's yeah. Yeah. I'm the, well, I'm, they're they're playing him more from? as a two yeah. guard. Yeah. And honestly he, uh, yeah, he, I feel like he is though. I feel like he, he has the ability to really get to the rim. And like, he had that one move, like the, uh, 
the hurricane jerk towards the rim and like using the glass again like he just he knows what to do out there i feel like against these guys so he like again he he seems comfortable but i think the suns know what they have with them so of course not starting on maybe playing the bench role you're right maybe just you know giving him the minutes but not the most minutes on the team because everyone's there to see sticks so mm-hmm. it's just i think the suns know what they have man so they're probably maybe they're being careful with it so maybe yeah i i, I really there. i think so and orange drip asks in the chat says two ways don't count towards the cap do they no they don't so again if you have a two-way player who can fill a roster spot right now that comes in pretty handy uh for this team that's pretty much all full now i think we have 14 total roster spots are spoken for waiting on that last one the suns still have a mid-level exception and uh or half of a mid-level exception and half of something else. I forget what it is. That's so probably we, Kawhi. I think yeah, Kawhi. He was at Ka- the game. Ka- definitely Kawhi <clears throat> is on the way. He was at the Clippers uh, game. So. I did like the... <laughs> yeah, he was. I, yeah, he's at the yeah. Clippers. I saw that. I was like, oh, that's cute. That's They're trying to be the Phoenix Suns now. They realize that. And they're all just awkwardly sitting next to each other because they don't know how to interact because mm-hmm. Kawhi's normally up in, the, <laughs> up in the owner's box. And he's like, hold, well, on, like, hold on. I would be too. What do I say? Your owner, with your owner grabbing thighs like that? Uh, after just a dunk or whatever, like I was like, yeah, that, I was like, saying as far as the, that's yeah. the weirdest thing. I, he, was, every, he was caressing somebody down when that happened. Yeah, I like, get, my like, wife saw that. She's like, tingle. what was that? I was like, uh, yeah, it gives everybody in, gave it's everybody in weird, the nation a tingle. I was like, oh, what am I watching? It was the weirdest thing ever. But something highly inappropriate, and HR should have been contacted after that moment right away. Another thing that I noticed tonight is uh, I like how NBA TV doesn't mute every cuss word from the players. Because I really feel like it ruined the broadcast last night. Because with Summer League and the announcers once again being right down there on the court, you're hearing some ambient noise. And every now and then mm-hmm. there's a shit. Every now and then, you know? And on ESPN, Campaign was in the middle of an interview. <laughs> and somebody on the court had cussed. So he's like, I'm really excited. It's my day. And I'm really have you know, I'm yeah, excited like everybody's he here. Yeah, it sounded yeah, like he cursed. Yeah, it didn't sound like he cursed. Yeah. So yeah, kudos yeah. to NBA TV. I know I think the next two games, which is the Blazers and the Nuggets, I want to say, are both going to be on NBA TV for the uh, Summer League for the Sun. So that pleases me. Now, that being said, the announcing team uh, with Steve Smith and uh, the lady who was doing it tonight was a little stale. I was going to say. They were trying oh, to feel I, themselves out. But I, I they, they, they were way better than Doris Burke and Mark Jones. I will say that. They're Guess just... what? They got their names right tonight. They did, but I thought they were kind of just, they were chill. They were just there hanging out. You know, they were joking around a lot, but it wasn't like fake joking, fake laughing. It was yes, kind of just true. like they enjoyed each other's company. It seemed like it wasn't awkward because a lot of times, okay, the way I see it right now with ESPN and everything, I think people are trying to get out. I think yes. a lot of it's just too fake. A lot of it's just too forced, too micromanaged, not to be yourself, not to have personality. So it's nice to see just, you know, people on the sideline just hanging out and having fun because that's what people can relate to more, right? When you're watching the game, you don't want to hear someone that's just like talking crap and then they have to agree with each other and then they're just doing the fake laughing back and forth. It's just, it's it's kind of hard to watch. So, or even listen to, I mean. So I, I liked it tonight a little bit. Well, and there's there's also instances where you have players like Chris Webber calling the game and he's sitting there and he's kind of calling out players for actions that he doesn't think are, are you know, the way that they approach the game or the way that they approach the off-court stuff. And it's like, dude, that? like... It's like Chris Weber, you are you were a horrible pro. You had all the talent and you were a horrible pro. <laughs> yeah. So don't sit there and tell me what you think about yeah, you don't remember that stuff. But yeah, I really think that, you know, it was just kind of funny. Uh, you know, seeing, seeing I hear Steve about Smith it, but... tonight. Yeah. Steve Smith tonight, Dennis Scott's up there talking to Mr. Orange, and he's like, Whoa, you really know about the Phoenix Suns. It's like, yeah, dude, guess what? We got a kick ass freaking 
fan base. Okay, we know. Yeah, but our that stuff. was a cool interview. It was, that was just awesome. Like, it was what fantastic. He, when he was asking the questions, I was like, "Is that him answer, asking the questions?" Because he sounds just like a random person with a mic asking, like, "Oh," and reacting to what he's saying. And just being surprised and calling him Mr. Orange and stuff. I just thought it was pretty cool, dude. I no, like I, I no, I thought it was great. So again, I'm I'm happy with the fact that it's on NBA TV. Uh Carlos Miramon in the chat says some of the other guys in on the Suns are seriously terrible, don't know anything <laughs> on spacing, and just cause self-implosion chaos. And you know what? Matthew and I talked about this on last night's pod. It's because so many of these guys are just trying to put film uh together so they have an opportunity to maybe pick up a two-way contract that they're just playing all that iso ball hero bullshit and unfortunately you know that's the result is you get no passing you get a bunch of guys just dribbling themselves out of plays turning the ball over it's not pretty basketball and you know even though we're sitting here and we're doing a podcast after a summer league game, we knew what we were getting ourselves into. We weren't, we knew we were going to sit there and be like, you know what? That was the best summer league game I've ever seen. It's like, no, you we're here to watch Tyshawn Alexander and especially Jalen Smith and just look for any flash of uh, competency, essentially hoping that he can eventually make an impact on this team, knowing that if, if that impact does occur, it's going to be coming from like the 12th or 13th spot on the bench at best right now yeah no you're totally right man and a lot of this is just uh it's enjoyment i was talking to my friend today and it was just like it's just fun to watch and like if i could at work just have it on my phone and just watch you know the yeah. the, the, the better uh rookies out there play and I, it's it's just enjoyable there's nothing really even there's no meaning to it i mean there's not a lot of meaning to life really unless you <laughs> find it but i mean just this actual summer league not really a whole lot of meaning then no it's it like i said you know to kick off yesterday i was like you know what this game is more meaningless than preseason it's like mm-hmm. meaning it's inception of meaningless it's meaningless on meaningless and that's just what you deal with you know but again it's fun because it's basketball and we love basketball and we're going to talk about it and we're going to find some shit to talk about uh the last thing i want to talk about before we get out of here it has nothing to do with the suns um but ob Toppin, 22 and 9 for the knicks I, man, I if some way somehow the Suns could pursue Obi Toppin and bring him in, like I'd like to give him a chance because you know me, I'm a huge yeah. Obi Toppin guy. He's playing yeah, behind Jalen Randall. I don't think he has any opportunity to grow in that New York Knicks system because essentially what they're doing this season is they're running it back. They brought in Julius Kemba Randall. Walker. They, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he plays behind Julius Randall, but they brought in yeah. Evan Fournier, Kev, Kemba Walker. So they got you know, but their core is still kind of there relative to their rotations and Obi Toppin is somebody who I feel like, man, he'd be great on this team. And I, I love him. And just like, okay. So Killian Hayes, we talked about last pod. And yeah. Terrible We're like passes. revisiting take a lap. That, that's you know? <laughs> take a lap, <laughs> but it's just like, we need to make a drop for that or something, you know, oh, take it's, from, a lap. it's always sunny. You remember when, uh, Dennis yes. is coaching. Yes. Little league? Yeah. 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 But, I think I like, we need to yeah. <laughs> snip that and put this in there. Yeah. It's like, if you have a it's like, Hey, Chris Paul, take a lap. Yeah, but the thing is, when you listen to podcasts during the season, these these rookies aren't getting a lot of playing time. When they do, they they don't look very good. So then they just get killed, man. Like they get killed. They're like, oh, they're not. They're bus already. Like there's there's no chance for these guys. What are they doing in that situation? I know that he there's not a really good fit for him there in New York, mm-hmm. but his career is not over. I mean, Hell we both no. love Obi, so I like to give these guys another opportunity somewhere else, of course. So yeah, here in Phoenix would be perfect for him because we both love him. He'd be that backup uh, power forward guy. But I just, I hate the bashing on these rookies where it's just like, look at Killian Hayes. He sucks. He's done. And you know, it's just, how do you see it within one year? I like to give guys three years. I'm the same and way. Then it's you, like, and then it's you like can a say quarterback. Maybe bust. 
Yeah. Like a, you there know, you a quarterback, yeah, you give him three, three years, years, you know, because, you know, maybe that first year he didn't have a good O-line. Or maybe, you know, uh, the defense was really shitty, so he was always playing from behind, so he never got a chance to, to uh, hand the ball off. You know, so yeah. I, I agree with you. You, know, you got to give some of these guys three. And that's what, you know, you do with, again, it, it varies. Like guards, I definitely give three years. You know what you have when it comes to a guard. If a guy can shoot, a guy can shoot. You know, again, mm-hmm. with the with the bigs, I really try to look for those defensive benchmarks because that's where they can be most effective. And good defense leads to good offense. Any big guy can dunk. He's big. That's what they do. But if he is somebody who can play some defense, is hustling on defense, has good lateral quickness and movement, those are things that can translate anywhere. Defense travels. So with the big guys like Obi Toppin, I think that's, again, one of his challenges. He's very much like Jalen Smith. He's not a very good defender. He's obviously had more opportunity to do so. You know, it's it's funny because I actually pulled up all the, the draft class last year. Uh, you know, he played a total of 683 minutes. And he ended up scoring a total of 253 points last year. Uh, but if you look at that on ranks for total rookies drafted last year, you know, Obi Toppin ended up being the 26th overall score last season. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you know, again, uh, Jalen Smith ended as the 43rd overall score from the rookie class of 2020. So, you know, there's there's got to be a lot of opportunities for these guys. And if they don't fit in specific systems, you know, you hope that that asset is something that, you know, obviously New York wants to utilize that as an asset. They're like, well, you know, it's the same thing as like when you play fantasy football or fantasy baseball or fantasy basketball, you're, you might've drafted with like your third round pick, a wide receiver who just isn't very good. You know, it was like that year. Everybody drafted Kelvin Benjamin. I remember, I know you remember that year because you drafted Cam uh, Newton and Kelvin Benjamin. And guess what? By like week five, you realize Kelvin Benjamin's dog shit but he still was like your third overall pick. So people will hold on to that simply because that asset cost him so much five weeks ago, or in this case, like two years ago where you just need to at some point, just let that asset go. Yeah. But then also you can look at it too, like where you have that third receiver, that's really good. And you're trying to trade him. You know what I mean? You can't put him in the lineup and like have him get up those, but then Obi taught is different because these are rookies trying to figure it out and they're going to be precisely really shitty. Yeah, so never mind. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw a little fantasy football. I'm getting excited for fantasy football. Ooh, I'm ready for football, baby. Let's do this thing. Uh, any other questions, comments, concerns? You got any, anything you saw that you want to bring up? Uh, no, not really, man. Uh, I was just busy on my computer most of the game, so not a whole lot of, you know, I was, I was watching. Okay. <laughs> well, then who are you going to give your... Jam star of the game. You dropping the jam star of the game two and four and such. I think it's uh, Cameron Johnson, man. You know, really just, just being all there. Adderalled out. Yeah, just, just sitting there, just like tweaking out, just like well, I'm ready to go for tonight. <laughs> so that's my jam star of the game right there, man. <laughs> I give it a I give it a tie, Sean. You know, 16 points off the bench, led all scores in this game. Again, he continues to showcase that he is smooth. He's one of the best looking guards that we've had in a while. I really feel from, you know, you, you go back to the Elliot Kobo days and Tyler Eulis days and, you know, uh, Tyler Johnson days and all these things or Ty, I'm sorry, uh, Ty Jerome days. And he really is uh, a smooth guard, man. And I think that the backup to the backup, the backup behind Devin Booker, uh, Landry Shamit, the backup to him is Tyshawn Alexander, essentially. Uh, I think that there's opportunity there for him. And if he continues to play well and hopefully we can hold on to him, I think that, you know, again, a night like tonight is something you look at as kind of a, 
somebody who's just embracing that he is he has the talent he believes he belongs he like you like you said he has that confidence so he won't play one minute for the Suns next year i, I know think. probably <laughs> i mean probably. even if he is a son he he's not i'm sorry i don't think he's that he's good right now like with the summer league but he's just he's not gonna get minutes i don't think no, I don't think so either. Sorry. Unless there's injuries so or what's unless the point? there's yeah. garbage unless it's garbage time. So yeah. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, um, I don't know if we'll be live after the game on Thursday. I have an outing at Top Golf, but maybe Matthew will be live with maybe and we can ask Dave King, see if he wants to come on. Maybe you guys can shoot the shit about summer league. <laughs> or we can Dave just King. wait until the next game. <laughs> or we can, we'll what, see how it goes. What am I what are we gonna talk about? <laughs> I mean, we barely squeaked out 40 minutes here, dude, doing this. So. We're, we're like we'll 50. see. Are you going to Top Golf though? Yeah, it's uh, I'm having a, a work outing at Top Golf on Thursday. Going uh, my last or what? my la- my last work outing with my team as I prepare to oh. move on to a Bring new tissues. place of employment. Eh, I just want to hit the ball long yeah. and straight. I want to win. Uh, we'll see. Um, but that being said, everybody who decided to you know join us after a summer league game, thank you. Thanks for kicking it with the Suns Jam Session Podcast. We appreciate it. Make sure on your way out the door, you hit the subscribe button. You hit that thumbs up button. Let everybody know where the best Phoenix Suns content is. If you're listening, please subscribe, rate, and review uh, wherever you're consuming this podcast. If you're on Apple, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll read read it right here on the pod. Uh, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Evans Vega. <laughs> Vincent Vega is so funny. It's such a good Pulp Fiction reference. All right, I got nothing else. Take care, everybody. All right, go home. Love your family. <laughs> Take care.